0: The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Pacific Life. Protecting generations of families for 150 years. That's the power of Pacific. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, November 8th. In today's news, Donald Trump denounces North Korea in a big speech in Seoul. Senate Republicans are outlining a different approach to a tax overhaul than the House, and some updates on the shooting in Texas. But first, the big idea. Anti-Trump backlash fueled a Democratic sweep in Virginia and elections across the country. Tuesday was the best day for Democrats politically since Barack Obama won re-election in 2012. Across the country, voters came out in droves. They braved the rain and the cold to send a message to Trump. The results across the country represent nothing less than a stinging repudiation of the president on the one-year anniversary of his election. Democrat Ralph Northam was elected governor of Virginia by an unexpectedly large margin of nine percentage points. He won more votes than any previous candidate for Virginia governor. Turnout was higher than it's been as a percentage of the electorate. In more than 20 years, Democrats held the lieutenant governor spot and the attorney general spot. His Republican challenger, Ed Gillespie, could just not escape Trump's unpopularity, despite his best efforts to thread the needle. Trump's impact on the race was clear from our exit polling. Six in 10 voters disapproved of the president. One in three voters said that expressing opposition to Trump was the main reason for their vote. Almost every single person in that group voted for Northam. But it's not just in Virginia. Democrats prevailed last night from sea to shining sea. For example, last night, Maine became the first state in the country to expand Medicaid via ballot initiative. Republicans campaigned hard against it, including the Republican governor who had vetoed several attempts by the legislature to put it into law, but expanding Medicaid passed by 20 points. Democrat Phil Murphy won the New Jersey governor's race by 13 points over Chris Christie's lieutenant governor. And by winning a special election, Democrats took control of the Senate in Washington state. This gives Democrats full control of all three states on the West Coast. But Democrats didn't just run up the score on blue turf, which is why Tuesday is such a big deal. In Georgia, Democrats picked up three seats in the state legislature that had been held by Republicans. In New Hampshire's largest city, Manchester, the incumbent Republican mayor went down. A Democrat won there for the first time in 14 years. In the heart of Florida, in the crucial Interstate 4 corridor, which has decided so many presidential elections, the former Republican mayor of St. Petersburg unexpectedly failed in a comeback bid after his Democratic opponent tied him to Trump and defined him as a denier of climate change. There are many more examples. But to understand the true magnitude of this Democratic victory, let's turn back to Virginia. Democrats, many of them unknown first-time candidates with relatively little money, are poised to pick up at least 14 seats in the House of Delegates. Four races, in addition to that, are so close that they qualify for a recount. Those results will determine control of the chamber. Democrats needed to pick up 17 seats to gain control of the House of Delegates, and no one not a Democrat, not a Republican, going into last night thought that the House was seriously in play. The results, in fact, mark the most sweeping shift in control of the legislature since the Watergate era. One of those contests is worth mentioning. Virginia's most socially conservative state lawmaker was ousted from office in the exurbs of D.C. by a Democrat who will be one of the nation's first openly transgender elected officials, Danica Roam, a 33-year-old former journalist who began her physical gender transition four years ago, beat Robert Marshall, a 13-term incumbent, who has recently called himself Virginia's, quote, chief homophobe, and earlier this year introduced a bathroom bill, which died in committee. In her victory speech, she said, quote, discrimination is a disqualifier. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, President Trump harshly denounced North Korea and its nuclear ambitions during a speech to the South Korean National Assembly in Seoul. The president received a standing ovation after his 35-minute speech, which was aimed at rallying international pressure against the rogue nation over its escalating nuclear weapons program. He did not discuss what would prompt the United States to use military force against North Korea, nor did he offer ideas on how to coax North Korea to the negotiating table. Trump attempted to make a surprise visit to the demilitarized zone on the South Korean-North Korean border yesterday, but he was forced to turn back at the last minute because of bad weather. Number two, Senate Republicans are considering a starkly different approach to overhauling the tax code than their House colleagues. Senate leaders are exploring postponing the centerpiece of the effort, an $845 billion corporate tax cut by one year until 2019. They're also planning to completely eliminate popular state and local tax deductions and they're debating how to ensure that more of the plan's benefits flow to the middle class. This approach sets up a potential collision with House Republicans and the White House, which desperately wants legislation signed by the end of the year. The House is expected to vote on its draft of the tax bill next week, but Senate Republicans won't release their own plan until tomorrow. Number three, the gunman in Texas who killed 26 people at a small church had a string of troubling episodes in recent years that continue to emerge. We learned yesterday that he escaped from a mental health facility in 2012 after he was caught sneaking guns onto an Air Force base in an attempt to carry out death threats against military superiors. It's unclear why he was at that behavioral facility, but authorities say he was court-martialed that same year and convicted of abusing his wife and stepson. The domestic violence conviction should have prevented him from purchasing firearms. Investigators still haven't publicly identified a motive for the shooting. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, November 8th. You can read much more about yesterday's election, including some fascinating numbers from our exit poll of Virginia, in my newsletter at WashingtonPost.com slash Daily 202. Thanks so much as always for listening. I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.